On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, we get more hints that the Model 3 remains on schedule, the Roadster will return, Tesla dominates another Consumer Reports test, Elon Musk wants to get boring, and more. Merry Christmas, friends. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 73 for Christmas Day, December 25th, 2016. Uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas to those of you who are celebrating. And if you're not, happy Sunday. Uh, I trust, I, I would expect, probably not a lot of you are actually listening today uh, on the 25th. Uh, I suspect many of you are busy with a number of things, but hopefully you'll you'll get around to this podcast at some point during the week. It turned out as I was putting this week's show together, I was worried, uh, is it really going to quiet down? Is, am I going to have a lot to talk about? The answer is a surprising yes, uh, which actually it shouldn't be surprising at this point in the world of Tesla, but there is, and I've got an absolutely full show ready to go. Next week is another matter entirely. Uh, I'm a little worried. Uh, you know, I told you I'm, I'm not planning to take an, a week off next week for the holidays. I'm going to be around to figure oh, I might as well just do a podcast. But uh, we'll see. There might not be a lot to talk about next week, although the 8.1 update might be out. So um, I'd love to have you guys call in. Maybe we could maybe we could lean on the uh, Ride the Lightning hotline a little bit uh, if you wanted to call in, say with uh, with you know what maybe what what Model Three means to you. Is is what it's going to mean to you in your life? That those could be. I think those could make for some good, heartwarming, fun stories. If you wanted to call in with that, the toll-free number to do so is, of course, one eight 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 nine eight nine eight seven five two. That's one eight 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 nine eight nine Tesla T S L A. Uh, you can call uh, in there, Skype in, or just email in, teslapodcast at gmail Record something on your phone, email it straight in that way. Uh, anyway. Uh, there is a lot going on, and, and there's some uh, Christmas cheer being spread at Tesla even. Now, uh, <laughs> you may remember last year that Tesla posted a video of three Model Xs doing a choreographed light show set to a holiday song. Now, I assumed at the time, oh, that's just a cute thing that they did. Uh, you know, it was sort of three cars. It was this whole thing, a fun video. Although at the time it was kind of like, oh, why are you guys doing this when nobody can get their Model X yet? Because that, that's when they were you know, really having trouble getting those first ones out the door. But in any case, here it is a year later, and the latest Model X software update actually unlocks that very choreographed holiday light show for you Model X owners. How to access it, you may have seen this. Elon tweeted it out. But you uh, on your touchscreen... Hold the T logo, the Tesla logo that's at the top of your touchscreen. Just hold that for a few seconds till a till a uh, a screen pops up asking you for an access code. Type in holiday, and then get out of the car, get to where you want to be, and lock the car with the key fob, and enjoy the show. Uh, I'm not going to bother playing audio from it here because you really have to see it. I would very much encourage you though to look this up on YouTube because there's by now there's I'm sure there's already a ton of these YouTube clips, and it is, it's a sight to behold, I have to say. I suspect many a neighbor of you Model X owners are going to be absolutely surprised and delighted by this, 
in the coming days because it's it is crazy. It's really cool to see your neighbors would be like, "What is go- what is going on with that car? What are these guys at Tesla up to?" But it's so cool. You got to see it. Uh, last week, by the way, I mentioned that my cousin Sean from New Jersey was visiting me in his first visit ever to California. And I tell you, we had a great time because, as I mentioned, he wants to work at Tesla. And I even sort of at the end of, we did a huge loop up. Uh, I won't, I'll spare you the, the details for those of you that don't live here, but we did a really cool drive around the, the Bay Area. And towards the end, I, we were, we were, the where, where we ended up, we, I ended up swinging by the Palo Alto Tesla headquarters just to give him a glimpse at his possible future. I thought, let me, let me try to leave this, this guy, let me leave this kid with, with sort of a, something to shoot for, you know, just like this could be your future place of business. And I'm really happy to report, by the way, that Sean, uh, passed, passed. I mean, he, he had a, a, a Skype interview with a recruiter for the Northeast region for, for that product specialist job in New Jersey. And it went really well. And it went well enough. He's got now, uh, and he had an in-person interview at the store with the store manager. So I actually still have to touch base with him uh, today or, well, tomorrow at this point uh, to see how it went. So fingers crossed for Sean. I'm hoping, because man, if you guys, I'm sure a lot of you that remember back, maybe, maybe I don't, everybody is doing something different. You know, some of you might be self-employed. Some of you uh, might work for a company like, like me, but you know, that, when you're coming out of college, it's scary just trying to get that first foot in the door, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping for the best for him. But at one point during our drive, we did also stop by uh, one of the showrooms. And the reason was is because a friend of mine had tipped me off that there was a Model S with the all glass roof in there. And so we stopped in and sure enough, they had the car. And I have to tell you guys, my goodness. It was impressive. It was impressive. The removal of that crossbeam that the panoramic roof has, uh, you know, it's like straight right in the middle of the car between the front seat and the back seat, the all glass roof gets rid of that. And the car, uh, Elon, of course, had tweeted out that the car is, is structurally reinforced in other ways with that all glass roof. Uh, it, it, is, it makes such an enormous difference to just have it be nothing but glass uh, from, there's still that front cross beam. So if you're sitting in the front seat, it's really, it's really not much of a difference, but the back seat is, it really is stunning. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's almost like a Jetsons car. It's like, you know, <laughs> although of course the Jetsons cars for, for cartoon effect had no tint, they would have burned in the sun in the Jetsons, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's tinted of course in an, in an S, but Holy goodness, it is it is so nice. I mean, it was gorgeous just sitting in the back seat uh, in the showroom. You know, that's indoors. I can't even imagine sitting in the back of a, of a seat, in the, pardon me, in the back seat of a car with that roof while you're out driving during a nice day, or actually, or even really a clear night with the stars out. It, it, it would be, oh man, it would be awesome. I tell you, I mean, I've been wrestling with the pano, panoramic roof versus all glass roof for my Model 3. I mean, hey, you know, got <laughs> there's like another year to go at least. So what else am I going to do? It's the one, because, you know, I already know if, if multi-coat red is offered, I'm totally getting multi-coat red. I'm, I definitely want to get the, you know, I, I pretty much know, you know, the stuff I want. But that, that roof option is the one thing I'm like, well, do I want the panoramic to, so that it opens up? 
or can I sacrifice that and will you know would the all glass roof be awesome? And I have to say that I think just going and sitting in the back of that Model S sealed the deal for me. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really. I'm actually recording in my my Infinity now, uh, <laughs> and it has a sunroof because I've got I've got family here up uh, in the guest room sleeping, so I didn't want to bother anybody. But um, you know, I I barely ever open it properly. I uh, in the summertime I'll usually keep it vented, just cracked open. But uh, you know, I don't open it much, so. I think I can live with it not opening in order for my backseat passengers to have that amazing view in the Model 3. Uh, like I said, it's, it's unfortunately, it's really no different in the front seat, at least in the, in the Model S. It's no different than the pano roof when you're sitting in the front seat because you've still, as I said, you've still got that crossbeam right above your eyes there, right above your head. But, but uh, man, I got to figure my daughter's going to love that backseat, any friends or family, uh, that I that I take in the car in the back seat are gonna adore that view, and you know I it might even be one less thing to have squeaks or rattles. You know I know the early Model S's there were there were some minor issues with squeaks and rattles coming from the panoramic roof. So the one thing I'll say is uh, you know I, I have a lifetime subscription to Sirius XM. I was I was smart slash lucky enough to to buy that with my Infinity eleven years ago. Back when Infi- uh, Sirius still offered the lifetime subscription, they've they've long since stopped offering that because they figured out, oh my goodness, we don't make any money off of this. It's you know I've I've paid for it a couple of times over, or it's paid for itself a couple of times over at this point. But in the S, you can only get a Sirius XM antenna in your car with the panoramic roof. So they they're stuffing it presumably in that that middle crossbeam there, that middle section that the all glass roof doesn't have. So I really, really hope that Tesla offers, you know, that they find a place to put that satellite radio antenna on all trims, no matter which of the three roof options you get in a Model 3. But I just have to say, if you get a chance to take a look at that all glass roof, whether you're uh, considering buying an S, or if you're like me, you're just on the Model 3 waiting list, and you know that's going to be a choice for you, you've got to see it. It is stunning. Speaking of the Model 3, we have yet another indication via Electrek this week that the Model 3 remains on track. Uh, Some analysts got to meet with Tesla's vice president of investor relations, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Evanson, according to Electrek, to help them better understand the company's performance in the fourth quarter. Pacific Crests, Brad Erickson and Elliot Arnson came out of the meeting with the impression that the Tesla Model 3 is, quote, on track to launch in the second half of 2017, but they are more cautious about Tesla's short-term performance. So I want to focus on the Model 3 here and not so much the short-term performance, the whole you know analyst stock thing here. We all know Tesla's history with their three cars so far. Great, but late, uh, which of course is preferable to punctual, but barely functional. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll see myself out. Happy holidays, folks. That's the best I can come up with on that. I, I've said this before, but I will say it again. Uh, this might actually happen in decent numbers in 2017. It, this car, this Model 3, might actually happen in some decent numbers. Because here's the thing. Every time I hear this, 
and the calendar gets further and further towards that announced release date as more and more days peel off that calendar and days and months, and we keep hearing the same thing of, oh, it's on track, it's on track, that my optimism grows every time, and that the, the further along that calendar gets, my optimism grows that I might actually be recording this podcast from my very own Model 3 in one year from today, and that many of you might be listening to this podcast in your Model 3 one year from today. Because, uh, again, if, if the date had slipped or was trending in that direction, I feel like we would have had some sort of indication, whether it's Elon Musk either uh, on, either sort of very obviously or, or very sort of subtly putting a, putting a pillow under our heads to, to cushion the fall from us passing out of it being late, but we've gotten no such thing from Elon. Or there'd, uh, there'd probably be some sort of insider leaks or tips uh, that suggested a delay because, of course, as, I, as I've said on this topic before, you know, compared to any of the other three Teslas, even the X just, you know, a year ago, there are so many more eyes on Tesla now that it's got to be harder and harder to keep things under wraps, uh, whether, whether it's a delay or anything else. Now, of course, I say that, and Tesla did keep the Model 3 design itself a secret. It did not leak. But again, I just feel like that there would be that there'd be a good chance of of some sort of tip off, some sort of insider tip off that a delay is coming or might be coming. But instead, we've gotten none of that. Of course, you know there's still a long, long way to go. But every every again every day off the calendar helps at this point. Now the major hurdles, as I see them over the coming year, are this. There's the next Model 3 event, Reveal Part 3, in March-ish. Uh, you know, are they going to show a beta car? Presumably. Are they going to show final interior? Are they going to detail the features of the car? Are they going to uh, talk about performance specs? Then there's July 1st, which is that arbitrary, that self-admitted arbitrary sink-or-swim deadline that Elon publicly gave for all Model 3 parts suppliers. If that goes well, then we've got the actual assembly of the cars themselves. Now, we know that the Model 3, of course, is engineered in order to be simple to manufacture, but manufacturing is really hard anyway, as, of course, Tesla learned with Model X. But maybe, just maybe, it might be a Model 3 Christmas for a lot of us in 2017. So that would be pretty awesome. Next up this week is a sort of a, a little bit of a Twitter rant, not rant, a Twitter storm, tweet storm from Elon over the course of a few days this week. Tweeted out a bunch of interesting things, including some good news. He said, uh, he tweeted, quote, Tesla receives highest owner satisfaction score of any car maker in Consumer Reports survey. And indeed, they did. 91% of Tesla owners surveyed would buy a Tesla again. The runner-up, in case you're curious, which I know you are, Porsche at 84%. So a pretty decent gap there, you know, a 7% gap uh, between Porsche and Tesla. The rest of the top 10, by the way, nobody else in the 80, the 80th percentile, the, the 80% range. 
after that, in the, the rest of the top 10 are all actually clustered very closely together in the 73 to 70% uh, range of people surveyed who would buy the brand again. And it goes Audi, Subaru, Toyota, Honda, Mazda, Chrysler. That one's kind of a surprise to me. Chevrolet and Lexus. I actually would have, would have figured Lexus had been higher. I always, you know, he's, they've had a great reputation for many years. I mean, not that number 10 is bad. The bottom five, as I'm sure you're also curious about, Jeep, Acura. That's a surprise. You know, the, up the, the uh, upscale brand of Honda. That's a, that's a bit of a surprise to me. Infinity, which is what I'm sitting in right now. I'm actually, I'm happy with mine. I'm a 2006 G35 Coupe. But then again, I guess they're surveying, they're not surveying 2006 cars. They're surveying much newer cars. But Jeep, Acura, Infinity, Nissan. So Infinity, Nissan not faring well with because uh, of course Infinity is Nissan's brand. And then at the very bottom at 53%, is Fiat. Not a lot of uh, customer satisfaction for Fiat uh, relative to a lot of the other companies. To translate this more directly for Tesla, if this helps put it in perspective a little bit, this means that nine out of every 10 Tesla buyers, line up 10 Tesla buyers, nine of them would buy a Tesla again. Now, for a company who just started building its first mass production car, Four years ago, just four years ago, to be number one by a, I don't want to say by a mile, but by a healthy margin on the Consumer Reports survey here, that's unbelievably impressive. If they can continue to hold that spot after Model 3 releases, when there are going to be a lot more cars out there, to a, a you know something somewhat of a different audience, the mass market audience is is a is a different one than uh, the the sort of luxury market. If they can keep that top spot in the next couple of years, it will be all the more impressive. Now, yeah, you could see it going a number of ways. I mean, the the, the mass market consumer, you know, they might be even more blown away than than the luxury because the you know the luxury buyer, the one who's buying the person who's buying a Model S or a Model X is probably used to luxury, probably used to the more upscale way of things. And so, uh, you know, you could argue, you could make the case that us mass market buyers like me, who are, you know, hey, my Infinity is not so bad, but uh, that, you know, who've never had a Tesla, that it's going to be a, a sort of more, much more relatively huge step up for a lot of us. And maybe Tesla will, maybe they'll be even higher than 91% uh, in the coming couple of years. But in any case... It's a again. It's a heck of an accomplishment here on uh, on Tesla's part. You know, it, it it reminds me actually that I was talking to a friend recently about Model Three and how Elon laid it all out in that first Secret Master plan ten years ago. And remember, at that point, it was so improbable back then as to be laughable, absurd, even. And now look at Tesla. Look, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. We are approximately one year away now from that master plan actually being finished. That insane, almost laughably uh, ambitious master plan being completely achieved. Everybody who works at Tesla should be mighty proud of themselves because it's, it's been one heck of a journey 
in a very short amount of time for for that car company. So I, I'm just I'm impressed. I mean, when, again, when I I follow this stuff every day and I love it and I enjoy following it, but times like this when I when I can sort of force myself to just pull back a little bit, take more of the ten thousand foot view of things, it really is remarkable what they've done. More from Elon on Twitter here, this time updating us on the status of Autopilot's re-release for hardware 2 enabled cars, those of you with new Teslas. Elon saying on Twitter, quote, Tesla Autopilot Vision Neural Net now working well. Just need to get a lot of road time to validate in a wide range of environments. And he added, quote, Tesla software team is working seven days a week to complete testing and validation getting close. He also added that the P100D Easter egg to get the car to shave another tenth off of the zero to 60 time and the uh, quarter mile time, that is in validation now as well. And then he followed up, Elon followed up saying, quote, looks like we might be ready to roll out most of autopilot functionality for hardware two towards the end of next week, meaning just prior to the calendar turning to 2017. Now, I did warn you not to hold Elon to that December timeline back when all of this was announced, uh, because believe I, I have no doubt that you hardware to Tesla owners are very, very eager to get autopilot into your lives, or for some of you that may be upgraded to get it to get autopilot back into your lives. But uh, I can tell you from my, even with my brief experience with autopilot, that it is going to be well worth the wait. However long it ends up being, it sounds like it won't be too long now. It is just outstanding on freeways and in stop and go traffic. It is, it is really, really cool. You guys are going to love it uh, that who have not experienced it before, who have hardware to enabled S's or X's. Elon wasn't done on social media this week. Now, Elon's been cagey about the future of the Roadster program. When Ludicrous Mode released, someone had asked him, uh, what's next? What's after Ludicrous? And Tesla, uh, pardon me, Elon had replied, he said, he said, Maximum Plaid, which of course is a continuation of the Spaceballs reference to Ludicrous Speed. But... Elon had said that that maximum plaid would be reserved for the next Roadster. But then the Roadster wasn't mentioned again. We, we never heard about the Roadster directly from Tesla or from Elon again. Particularly, it was, it was noticeably absent in Elon's Secret Master Plan Part 2. Instead, of course, the focus of that uh, blog post was on the Model 3, the Model Y, the semi-truck, the minibus self you know, level five self-driving and the Tesla network. That was the focus of the uh, second secret master plan. There was no mention of the Roadster. So it had kind of uh, led everybody to wonder, well, is, is this kind of no longer, including me, it led me to wonder, is this, is, you know, is this no longer really a priority? I could understand the, the whole goal of the company is, uh, you know, is about accelerating the advent of sustainable transport and, uh, you know, a two seat supercar is not, not necessarily the best way of going about that. But uh, it is good to know that another Roadster is, in fact, still on Tesla's roadmap, with Elon saying on Twitter, quote, it's some years away, but yes, 
when answering someone who asked him point blank if there will be a new roadster. Now, of course, my mind immediately went, well, what is that going to be like? When you consider the fact that Tesla's 4,500-pound sedan that seats five adults can hit 60 miles an hour from a standstill in 2.4 seconds, it is almost comical. It is absurd to think about what a proper two-seat next-gen Roadster could do. I got to figure that at that point, if they're going for, they're just going for it at that point, motors at each wheel, four motors instead of two, uh, skateboard design for that perfect 50-50 weight balance. If there's, you know, a, an equal size motor at all four wheels, you know, the, the, bat- the, the battery pack and the skateboard, uh, either maybe they'd stick with an all aluminum body, but maybe they go back to do carbon fiber again. You know, they did it with the first Roadster for weight reasons. And if they're, you know, just going for it, just (laughs) going for broke on a next-gen Roadster, maybe they'll do carbon fiber again. Uh, But think about that. All of that in a car the size of, roughly the size of the existing Tesla Roadster. You gotta figure you're looking at a car that hits 60 in two seconds flat. At that point, I mean, it's, it's, I, I almost wonder how can you, I guess you'd need the motors on all four wheels just to maintain traction as you're putting that kind of power down. Uh, but two, I mean, that again, that would be my guess. Two seconds flat, 2.0 seconds, AKA it probably shouldn't be street legal. Now (laughs) I suspect that that, uh, advances in battery cell chemistry and or battery density are probably going to be necessary in order to get sufficient range and performance out of a pack that's physically smaller in a, in a smaller car. So, but then again, you know, since Elon says that it's, it's some years away that allows for plenty of time for advancements in both of those things. So, uh, look for that car down the road, but and it's probably going to annihilate just about everything on this entire planet in terms of, certainly in terms of off-the-line performance. We'll have to see about quarter-mile time and maybe see if Tesla can make advances in, in uh, having the car run the Nürburgring, that kind of thing, but uh, the Roadster will return. And then there's this tweet where you're not sure if Elon is serious or if he's tweeting while on Ambien again. And I say that, I say that in jest because he himself has actually admitted that he's done that and shouldn't do that. Uh, he expressed frustration with Los Angeles traffic. Although, actually, he didn't necessarily specify L.A. That's me assuming. He could be very well talking about San Francisco, for all I, for all I know. Uh, for his, you know, the parts of the week he spends up here. But he expressed frustration with traffic and said that he's going to start a drilling company to bore holes underground in order to reroute traffic there to free up, to ease congestion, ease traffic congestion. He A series of tweets, traffic is driving me nuts. I'm going to build a tunnel boring machine and just start digging. It shall be called the Boring Company. Boring. It's what we do. 
And then he followed all that up by tweeting, I am actually going to do this. So, uh, again, what, what, what I've said this on the show before, you generally want to take Elon Musk at his word. It is, uh, when he says he's going to do something, he often does it. So I wouldn't put it past him. But then again, uh, you know, it is a bit of a slow news time of year. So what can I say? But it, you got to just put this one on the back burner for now and we'll see what happens. Uh, Electrek, meanwhile, moving past Elon's Twitter account, Electrek has learned that Anders Bell, senior director of engineering at Volvo, uh, and the automaker's head of interior, pardon me, interior engineering, is joining Tesla in an equivalent role this month. The engineer confirmed the move on his LinkedIn profile last weekend. Uh, Electric notes, after spending his entire career at Volvo and leading all interior engineering from concept development and design to launch for the past two years, he will be moving from Sweden to California to join Tesla prior to his, pardon me, his executive role overseeing all interior operations. Bell has led several engineering programs at Volvo since joining the automaker fresh out of engineering school in 1998, according to his LinkedIn profile. Now, the Model S is now four years old. And of course, it just had its first design refresh this year. That was external. The interior of the Model S has never been given an official design refresh, but it has very much evolved in that time. If you were to compare an early Model S interior to one now, it's a very, very clear and obvious difference. The seats are way nicer a center console is standard. Uh, Alcantara has been added to the dashboard as a trim to class things up. White seats are an option now. And I'm cheating a little bit to include the aforementioned all-glass roof option that I gushed about earlier because that's technically an exterior option, but once you sit in one, I think you'll agree that it's very much an interior option too. So all those things have evolved in the Model S interior over the last four years. But I would expect the Model S is probably due for a full ground-up redesign sometime after the Model 3 is fully and smoothly in production. They may even wait till the Model Y is set to go as well. Who knows? But I figure, you know, the S, a full S redesign might be two years from now, could be four. Because then, you know, at that point, it would be eight years old. But I will bet that Mr. Bell will be tasked with overseeing the interior design of that car. And probably also the Model Y, by the way. That's, that's worth pointing out as well. You know, the 3, the Model 3 is set. There's, there's, he's not going to be able to c- come in and change that at this late stage, relative late stage in the game. You know, you got to figure. Now, we haven't seen the final interior for the Model 3 but nevertheless, this guy just joined the company, so uh, you got to figure his his influence will not be felt on the Model Three, but it very w- much will be felt on on subsequent vehicles such as the Y, and again, I think a, a Model S redesign in the, in the coming couple few years or so. A heads up, finally, the last story of this week. A heads up for all of you UK listeners: if you've been considering a Tesla purchase. You might want to act right now. I know that's a lot easier said than done when you're talking about buying a relatively expensive car. But due to the change in value of the pound 
in recent months. Tesla will be raising prices in the UK effective January 1st. Tesla's statement on the matter is as such, quote, We have just received some information that we need to share with you. Due to currency fluctuations, we will be increasing our UK prices for custom orders by 5% on January 1st, 2017. Prices on showroom and pre-owned cars will remain fixed at current prices. So if you're a UK listener, uh, you're hearing this, and you've been on the fence, perhaps this is going to help sway you. Uh, if, if it does, go ahead and use Michael from Milbray's referral code. Save the, that equivalent of $1,000. US I'll give that out later on in the podcast. Now, uh, this obviously isn't necessarily great news for Model 3 buyers in the UK, uh, though technically a UK price hasn't been set for the Model 3, and a lot can change in the next year and a half to two years. It's going to be before any of you UK folks start getting your Model 3s, because remember, the, you know, the, uh, we, we already know, we are almost positive that we've already been sort of officially told that the right-hand drive cars are going to come a, a little bit later after, after the U.S. You know, the, and the, the left-hand drive cars. So a little, little time left yet for, for uh, U.K. Model 3 buyers. And th- again, things can definitely change in that time, so we'll see. We'll be keeping an eye on it, keeping an eye on it, see how things go. All right. Again, a busier week than expected. Come right back. I've got three very good phone calls queued up for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. It is Ride the Lightning hotline time, the part of the show where you take your questions, comments, discussion topics, and you call in. You leave a voicemail anytime, day or night. It's just a just a, a voice mailbox, basically. You can you can leave your uh, thoughts on at any point, and I will get to it and go through them, and uh, we'll play the best ones. Especially again next week, I'm thinking could be pretty slow. So again, uh, reference that topic from uh, you know what does the Model Three mean to you? What's it going to mean to you? Uh, call in one eight 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 nine eight nine eight seven five two one triple eight nine eight nine TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's start with Mark DePietro. Mark from Wisconsin is looking at the Model 3 as his family car. He's curious about uh, reserving it now versus maybe in putting some money into the Tesla stock instead. So, Mark, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Mark DiPietro shouting at you from frigid Wisconsin. It was negative 28 the other day with the wind chill, and that's a little ridiculous. So, hey, I'm learning a lot. I'm a little late to the bandwagon here. But I'm super excited for the Model 3. It's something I could probably actually afford. Um, We're looking at this as a family car. So I'm excited about the safety ratings. I'm excited about the all-wheel drive system. Dealing with snow around here. So just wanted to get your thoughts, though, on reserving a Model 3 and kind of the difference of that between supporting Tesla in other ways. And I guess what I mean is a 1000 bucks is a lot of money to just tie up that's not doing you any good, it's not doing Tesla any good, it got me thinking, hey, why don't I buy $1,000 worth of Tesla stock, which hopefully increases, and um, makes you a little money, and helps Tesla out more, because it's money that they can actually have in their company. 
Um, just didn't know if other people are considering the same thing, if it's important for people to have it reserved, because for me, I don't necessarily need this day one and um, wanted to reach out to the community to see what other people thought as well. Thanks for a great podcast. I'm learning a lot and uh, really excited about the future. Bye. First off, Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, now, that $1,000, by the way, is doing Tesla plenty of good, even if it's not doing you any good. $1,000 times 400,000 reservations so far is $400 million. Tesla ha uh, can and already certainly has put that to good use. Now, you say that you don't need the car right away. That's good because if you reserve tomorrow, you're going to have to wait. New reservations are being quoted as mid-2018 at the earliest on Tesla's site. Uh, Elon has said that the first year of production is sold out, so you will have to wait even if you put down your $1,000 tomorrow. And you're wondering if you should plunk down a reservation now or maybe buy Tesla stock and try and grow a little money that way. Because, of course, you're your $1,000 reservation is just giving Tesla an interest-free loan. But barring a big problem with the stock, you're absolutely going to get a better return there, uh, just from a straight financial perspective, than, again, that interest-free loan that you're giving Tesla with your $1,000 deposit. But despite Tesla's production goals of, you know, just getting hundreds of thousands of cars out there in 2017 and 2018 and beyond... I personally, uh, now I am uh, not a financial advisor, I'm not a financial expert, so don't take my word as gospel here, but I would get in line, and here's why. There are 400,000 deposits today, at least. We haven't gotten an update in a while, so there might be more. When the car comes out and word of mouth starts to really get around, if, it's, if the 3 is anywhere near as good as the Model S but it has a base price of $35,000, it could very well explode in popularity. The 400,000 of us on the list now, could we might only be the tip of the iceberg. That, of course, is what Tesla is hoping for. That's what they're counting on. Uh, so that's that could easily be the case. So if you end up waiting to get on the list until much later you might still end up waiting for months from when you actually want the car, want and or need the car. So again, uh, don't. I'm not a financial advisor. Got to throw that caveat in. But uh, just you know, that's that's how I see it. Uh, another tip, by the way, this has come up before, but you're a new listener, so it's worth mentioning again. Since you're in Wisconsin, I would highly recommend that you. Try your, your best to budget for whatever larger capacity battery option Tesla does offer on the Model 3 because Wisconsin winters, you are going to see a, a, a very noticeable range hit on that standard 215-mile range car. Maybe that's not going to affect your needs at all. Maybe it's just going to be maybe your entire sort of family, your life is, is in the Wisconsin, you know, just your general area and you don't need long distance travel. Um, and it, but if you do, or if it, you know, you just, you've got to take into account the sort of winter penalty that battery electric cars do currently suffer from. So that it, that is a thing to be aware of, but in any case, 
Thank you for that call, Mark. It's great to hear from you. Next up is Joe from Northwest Indiana. Speaking of winter, it's winter's on the brain for everybody. It is officially winter now. Joe from Northwest Indiana has frozen over side mirrors. So he's wondering, he's got a side, uh, pardon me, a sub-zero package question uh, regarding as it it pertains to autopilot. So Joe, go ahead. Hey Ryan, this is Joe from Northwest Indiana calling again, and I'm currently driving home from work, and the side mirrors on my car are completely frozen over, as does happen quite often in the Chicagoland area in these months. And I'm wondering if the Tesla, the current Teslas, or the Model 3s, if they'll eventually get um, something added to the Sub-Zero package where it's able to defrost the cameras on the side of the car that... um, you know, go along with your autopilot and are able to detect objects and all that because I imagine frozen over they're not going to work too well. So I don't know if Tesla has thought about that or if maybe that's only a situation that occurs to a small population of owners in areas like this, but I was just kind of curious what your thoughts are on if you uh, had heard anything about this or if you think that's something they would implement being that autopilot is obviously a main feature uh, on their new vehicles. All right, thanks a lot uh, for the podcast. I love what you do, and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Well, I've got a nice, quick, and good answer, good news answer here for you, Joe. Tesla did, in fact, think of that, and it already exists. Take a look on Electrek this past week for pictures of that autopilot camera and radar defroster in action. There's a, there's a cool picture of it from uh, from some snowed over winter winterified place where you can see the defroster has actually melted away the snow in the square on the windshield uh, where the where the the, the tri camera setup is above the rear view mirror there. So take a look at that if you're curious. But yes, the autopilot cameras and sensors do all have defrosters built into them. Tesla and Elon have got your back on that. Finally this week, Daniel from Nebraska comments uh, first on the Tesla solar roof and then is curious about the uh, the thing I mentioned uh, with the last software up, the last major software date, 8.0, the what I termed dog mode. So uh, he also has a sub-zero package question. Again, winter on the brain, folks. It's understandable this time of year. Daniel from Nebraska, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's Daniel from uh, Nebraska got a couple things. One's a question, one's more of a, a comment. But the first one was about the Tesla roof. Uh, I was really happy to hear that uh, he would, or Elon say that he was hoping that the roof would cost around the same amount as a normal roof because I was looking at my electricity payments and for a month when we hardly used anything, uh, half of my cost was for like the customer and facility charges and taxes. So you wouldn't be saving a whole heck of a lot. Um, So the roof that wouldn't, shouldn't be terribly expensive if it's only going to save me like 20 or $30 a month. Um, But the other one was kind of a question. Uh, I hadn't looked into the dog mode whatever it's really called. Um, but with the, would you really need the sub-zero package if the dog mode or whatever it's called to keep your car at 
a comfortable temperature. I know there's like fancy things like heated windshield wiper dealies, but I just thought that if you could keep it at a normal temperature all the time, you wouldn't necessarily need uh, the Sub-Zero package. Um, but so, yeah, that was just the two things that I got. Uh, love the show. Bye. So, no, not at all, Daniel. You've got it correct. You have got it correct. The Sub-Zero package is for heated seats, wipers, and steering wheel. The dog mode, as, as I called it, that's not Tesla's terminology, that's mine, it's in reference to the fact that you can run the climate controls with the car off for as long as you like now, uh, whereas before they would cut off after 30 minutes. That's what I'm referring to by dog mode uh, in order to keep your, you know, if you're going to be inside shopping somewhere, you can keep your dog comfortable no matter how long, if you're in the store for an hour, your dog can be comfortable in there. Uh, and any Tesla can do that with or without the Sub-Zero package because, uh, I mean, typically, I think in that scenario, you're, you're trying to keep a dog cool in a hot car rather than warm in a cold car, but that might just be my California, my California living brain talking since we don't have a proper winter here, but uh, yes, hopefully I can clear that up for you there. Daniel, thank you so much again. Give a ring anytime, day or night, 24-7. Call it, Skype it, email it. The phone number to call or Skype is 1-888-989-8752. Or you can do a recording onto your you know, voice memo software on your phone and just email it straight to me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be right back with a couple of final notes for you right after this. I want to start here on uh, Christmas Day, as this show publishes, by giving a sincere thanks to the Patreon producers, the kind folks who support my efforts of this pod- with this podcast on Patreon at the $20 or higher level. First, I want to welcome the newest Patreon producer, David Kittle. David, thank you so much for your support. And the rest of the crew, Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, and Alexi Heft. Uh, the Patreon, if you care to check it out, maybe see uh, see what's doing over there, see if you would maybe like to, to uh, throw a little support my way. If you enjoy the podcast, you get something out of it each and every week. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon being spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Get that, you're running out of time here on the referral program. If you want to sneak in before the end of the year, get that supercharging for life. If you're planning on buying a Tesla, get $1,000 off for doing so. Use Michael from Milbray's code. Get yourself $1,000 off. Uh, The short URL, the short link to put into your browser to get that $1,000 is uh, ts.la slash Michael2204. I want to thank Gene and the wonderful folks at teslarati.com for their continued support of the show, as well as Dave T. His weekly Tesla newsletter can be found and signed up for for free at teslaweekly.com. Abstractocean.com, they've got a bunch of awesome Tesla accessories, and they also have uh, a coupon code 
for the listeners of this show, 20% off of your order. So abstractocean.com, whether you're looking for silicone key fob pockets for you Tesla owners or some cool Tesla lanyards uh, for non-owners, uh, LED lighting kits for owners, etc., etc. There's something for everybody. Abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get that 20% off of your order. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And of course, well, most of you hopefully subscribe to the podcast so that it gets just delivered to you automatically each and every week. If you don't, you can do so on most of the major podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or uh, pick up the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. Com. If you're feeling generous, maybe leave a, uh, a review on iTunes or one of the other the other uh, streaming services, the other podcast services. That helps with the ranking and, and all that visibility of the show, that kind of thing. That's uh, it's always helpful. And that's it. Again, Merry Christmas to those of you who are celebrating. It's been a heck of a Tesla year in 2017. Yeah, we had the Model X this year. I mean, unofficially, well, officially it was 2015 for the X, but... Really, it really hit the real world. Uh, you know, it's really started rolling out in 2016. And hopefully 2017 is going to be the year of the Model 3. We'll see. But again, I've got one more show to squeeze in for 2016. I will be back next Sunday at the usual time. Not taking, not taking a break here. We're going to forge ahead. And hopefully there'll be some good Tesla news to talk about. So... Uh, thank you all so much for joining me. Happy holidays to you and happy electric motoring. I'll see you next week.